and welcome to episode 41 of the High Scores Podcast. I'm your host, Sage McSwain, and let's get right into today's episode. Now, starting off with some topics surrounding NCAA basketball, USC ends their seven-game uh, losing streak, I guess, uh, to Colorado. Um, they beat them 61-58. to uh, Looking at USC, um, uh, Chavez Goodwin had a good game, double-double, 14 points, 18 rebounds on 6 for 7 from shooting. Isaiah Mobley, 13, 6, and 3, 5 for 13 from shooting. Uh, sorry, um, Boogie Ellis, 11, 1, and 2 from 4 for 7 from shooting. Max Agboncopo, uh, he had 11, 5, 11 points, 5 rebounds, and three for five from shooting. So all around a pretty good performance by USC, uh, especially Goodwin with that double double. Uh, looking at Colorado, uh, they had Evan Batty, ten points, eight rebounds, three assists, and three for ten from shooting. Uh, Tristan De Silva had uh, ten points, one rebound, and three for eight from shooting. Jabari Walker, thirteen, eight, and one, three for nine from shooting, and that was about it. So. Not the best shooting for uh, percentages from Colorado. Uh, USC, 30, 37% from field, shooting 25% from three, and 71% from free throw line. Uh, looking at Colorado, 31 points, or 31%, sorry, from field, thir- uh, 47% from three-point line, and 76% from free throw. Um, so just overall, they just weren't that good at shooting from field for Colorado, and uh, USC was able to kind of go over that and also uh USC had a uh, over uh, had more rebounds than Colorado uh 42 to 30 so definitely those second chance points for Colorado were not uh happening for them and USC was getting a lot of them uh, with 15 offensive rebounds especially so um really good uh you know Colorado's turning the ball over uh USC had nine steals uh, and USC out here with the defense seven blocks um and, uh, yeah, definitely USC in the paint was something else. 38 points uh, out of their 61 points were in uh, in the paint, especially from Batty, uh, or sorry, not Batty, um, Goodwin, who is uh, their forward uh, with that double-double with the 18 rebounds, definitely uh, contributing to that rebound count. So, overall, just a good performance by USC, um, and Colorado just really couldn't get anything done there. Um, and USC... Uh, moves up in the ranks to 16 and they're third in the Pac-12 and Colorado moves down to a 12 and 5 record making them sixth in the Pac-12. Now moving on to another game uh in college basketball, UConn versus Butler. UConn beating Butler 75 to 56 ends their second game. Uh they played back-to-back games with Butler. Uh UConn won the first one. Uh, on the 18th, which is Tuesday, uh, they beat them 76 to 59, and then obviously this one on Thursday, beating them 75 to 56. Uh, now looking at UConn, uh, um, Isaiah Whaley had a double double, 11 points, 10 rebounds, five for eight from shooting. Uh, Adama Sanogo, uh, 15, nine and one, five for nine from shooting. Uh, Tyrese Martin had a game, 27 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 11 for 17 from field. So really good shooting from him. Um, and overall, just really high scores on that uh, Connecticut team. 
Uh, now looking at Butler, who hasn't really been having the greatest season. Uh, Aaron Thompson, uh, 10-3-5, 5-8 from shooting. Um, and Chuck Harris, uh, 16 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 for 10 from shooting. So not much uh, coming out of Butler. Um, you know, UConn shot 45% from field, 35% from three, and 100% from the free throw line, shooting 12 for 12. And looking at Butler, shooting 38% from field, 21% from three-point line, and 64% from the free throw line. Now UConn had 37 point or 37 rebounds. Um, Ten of them were offensive rebounds. Um, I mean, Butler did get more steals though, uh, so definitely UConn turned over the ball with uh, you know only seven steals, uh, and Butler uh, or Butler had seven steals. UConn had four steals. Uh, UConn was playing some defense, five blocks, um, and yeah, definitely uh, UConn was turning the ball over a lot more than Butler, but uh, uh, they were able to get uh, the points in the paint, and definitely those second chance points were able to help UConn here. Um, and yeah, and UConn was able to get more points off of the turnovers, um, so, you know, that definitely did help them, um, so, overall, Butler just hasn't really been the best team this season, and I don't think they're, uh, I don't think they, uh, will make, uh, the March Madness tournament, um, it's gonna be interesting, a lot of teams get in, so there's a possibility that Butler does make it in, uh, previous years they've made it in, um, then the first round exits, but uh, this season I think could be different, and there's a possibility that they don't make the playoffs, or not the playoffs, the tournament. Um, in Connecticut, moving on to a 25 rank in the country, moving up to a 13-4 and record, uh, and making them fourth in the Big East. Uh, now looking at another game, uh, Arizona blowing out Stanford. Uh, Arizona's third ranked in the nation right now. Uh, looking at Arizona... Uh, Dale and Terry had a good game, 10, 9, and 4, uh, sorry, uh, uh, Benedict Matherin had a good game, 13, 1, and 2, uh, Pele Larson had a good game, 3, 2, and 6, uh, Justin Keir, 11, 4, 11 points, 4 rebounds, and 5 or 6 from shooting, and uh, Omar Balo had a great game, uh, 21-6, or 21.6 rebounds and 7 for 8 from shooting. Uh, now, uh, look, I mean, looking at Stanford stats here, uh, just really nothing, really. Uh, I mean, players had 20-plus minutes and were only putting up single digits, so, uh, Stanford just really couldn't get the ball going at all. I mean, it wasn't really the best, uh, you know, you know, it's really bad when your best scorers only have nine points and six rebounds, uh, on a combined 37 minutes, so, uh, just not that good, uh, Arizona shooting 55% from field, 29% from the three-point line, and 81% from the three-throw line, free-throw line, uh, and Stanford shooting 21 for 70 uh, that's 30% from field, 30% from the three-point line, and 53% from the free-throw line. And now this one kind of shocked me because Stanford had more rebounds than Arizona. They had 41 rebounds and 20 of those being offensive rebounds, but it seems like they really couldn't score off of those second-chance points. 
Now looking at it, I mean, Stanford did get 14 second chance points, but off of only 20 offensive rebounds, so just not the best utilization of getting those offensive rebounds, those second chance points. Um, Arizona was able to move the ball around 20 assists, um, and I mean, Stanford had more steals, uh, so, you know, Arizona uh, was kind of turning the ball over, but Stanford kind of turned the ball over more with 16 turnovers. Uh, compared to uh, Arizona's 14. Arizona got eight blocks on defense. So, you know, great performance overall by Arizona. Um, Balo definitely helped them here. Arizona still keeping that third-ranked spot in the nation, making them first in the Pac-12, and Stanford moving down to a 10-6 and record, making them seventh in the Pac-12. Um, and this game here, UCLA beating Utah, and Utah was a really surprising team. They started winning pretty early on, but now uh, they're uh, on a pretty bad losing streak here. But UCLA beating Utah 63-258. Now looking at UCLA, I mean, uh, Johnny Juzang had a good game as usual, 28 points, 3 rebounds, 9 for uh, nine for 17 from, or 9 for 13 from shooting, sorry. Um, Jules Bernard had a good game, uh, 14, 7, and 1, uh, and that's about it for UCLA, uh, overall just pretty good shooting, it seems like efficient shooting here, uh, Utah didn't really have much, uh, Lazar Stafanovic, uh, had a good game, eight, 18, 2, and 2, and, uh, both Gotch had a good game, 11, 4, and 5, but, that was about it. Now looking at the overall shooting percentages, UCLA uh, shooting 38% from field uh, compared to Utah's 37% from field. UCLA shooting 29% from three and 76% from the free throw line. Utah shooting 42% from the three-point line and 79% from the free throw line. Um, UCLA had more rebounds and 10 of those, or 32 rebounds, and 10 of those were offensive rebounds. Uh... UCLA had more steals uh, and more blocks, um, and UC or and Utah turned the ball over a lot, uh, eleven times to be exact. Um, so you know, yeah, not much. And UCLA got fourteen points uh, in the paint. Thirteen uh, of those points were second chance points, um, and uh, you know they and they got fifteen points off of the turnovers. Um, so. That was about it. Um, it was a close game throughout the game, uh, only winning by five. Um, so overall, just a really close game, uh, and UCLA was able to win. And so now they keep that ninth spot in the nation, uh, advancing to a 12 and two record, making them second in the Pac-12 behind Arizona and Utah moving down to an 8 and 11 record making them 12th in the Pac-12. Uh now a big matchup that happened uh this week uh was Maryland versus Illinois. Maryland upsetting Illinois 81 to 65. Uh Maryland's unranked Illinois is 17th in the nation right now. Uh looking at Maryland um, Kudis Wahab had a good game, 11 points, 4 rebounds, 5 for 7 from shooting. Fats Russell, 15, 7, and 1. Uh, Hakeem Hart, 10, 1, and 3. Uh, Donta Scott had probably the best game, um, 
in this one. 25, 6, and 2. 9 for 12 from shooting. Now looking at the Illini, uh, Kofi Cockburn had, uh, you know, he was out of this game. So definitely that hurt them a lot. Um, so, you know, definitely wasn't the best for Illinois. Uh, now looking at Trent Frazier, 13, 2, and 5. Alfonso Plummer, 18, 4, and 2. Jacob Grandison, 14 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 for 8 from shooting. So definitely, uh, they definitely need Kofi Cokeburn, uh, you know, in these games because he's a really big presence in that paint, in that uh, down low area that they're going to need. Um, and he's a leader in that front court. So uh, definitely losing him, big piece, and it definitely showed here. Uh, against Maryland, Maryland shooting 53% from field, 36% from three, and 84% from the free throw line. Uh, and looking at the Illini, 39% from 39% uh, shooting, 31% uh, from three, and 80% from the line. Uh, now looking at it, Maryland out rebounded uh, the Illini only by one, but 29 to 28. Um, you know they really just gonna get much. Uh, um, the Illini turned the ball over 12 times, uh, and Maryland, uh, as you can see here, they get 40 points in the paint compared to Illini's 16, and definitely having, uh, Kofi Cokeburn down there, that's definitely gonna help them on defense, uh, not to allow 40 points in the paint, and it helps them with the points in the paint. Now, Illini only got 16 points in the paint, and I, th I believe if Cokeburn was down there, they probably would have gotten a lot more, and they probably could have won this game. Um, just wasn't the best uh, performance by the Illini, especially without uh, Cokeburn and Maryland. A big game in the Big Ten, and uh, they took the win here. Uh, Maryland moving up to a 10-9 and record, making them 12th in the Big Ten, and the Illini keeping that 17th spot uh, in the country, uh, moving them down to a 13-5 and record, making them third in the Big Ten. And another upset game uh, in the NCAA, uh, number 14 Michigan State beats number 8 Wisconsin. Um, and this was a head-to-head -head matchup in the Big Ten. Uh, first, first seed in the Big Ten, Michigan State, going up against the second seed in the Big Ten, Wisconsin. Uh, now looking at these stats here, um, sorry, uh, Tyson Walker uh, had 12 points, 2 assists, 4 for 7 from shooting, Max Christie, 12 points, 3 rebounds, 5 for 7 from the field, um, AJ Hoggard, uh, 12, 4, and 8, uh, Malik Hall, 14, 8, and 2, um, and Jaden Atkins, 10, 10 points, 2 rebounds, and 3 for 4 from the field. So, overall, pretty good shooting night from Michigan State. Um, I mean, they weren't really passing the ball that much, but uh, uh, besides Hoggard, who had 8 assists, but that was about it. Most of their higher scorers didn't really uh, get the ball off the assists. Now, looking at Wisconsin, they had some pretty big, uh, pretty big players that had a good day. Brad Davidson, 22-2-3. Two, two, uh, Jonathan Davis, 25-5-4. And, and that was about it for the Wisconsin roster. They really just couldn't do much um, there. Um, looking at it, Michigan State, 53% from field, 
50% from the three-point line and 79% from the line. Uh, Wisconsin, 26 for 61 on shooting, making that 43%. Uh, 41% from the three-point line and 91% from the, th the free-throw line. Uh, now looking at Michigan State, they had 39 rebounds, 11 offensive rebounds, 4 blocks, 32 points in the paint, 12 second chance points, 21 fast break points, um, and they didn't have any uh, technical fouls, uh, but Wisconsin did. Um, so overall, just a really good disciplined game by Michigan State, being able to keep that one, that first seed in the Big Ten. Um, and advancing them to a 15-3 record, and Wisconsin falling to a 15-3 record, making them second in the Big Ten. Uh, now moving on to some topics surrounding the NFL. Jimmy Garoppolo is limited in practice ahead of the Packers game. Now, uh, I believe he was limited in practice before the Cowboys game, if I remember correctly. So, uh, I'm expecting him to play, but this does play a really big factor. Because if he does get injured during the Packers game, will Trey Lance be able to step up? Um, and if he's not even able to play against the Packers, could Trey Lance possibly step up in the playoffs? And uh, I don't think so. So I think uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, I guess, is a safer option for the 49ers. See what he can do. Um, if he's not able to play or if he does get injured, you're really going to have Trey Lance kind of playing out there who's not had the best games against really good teams. And um, I would definitely be worried if I was the 49ers. But uh, it does seem like he should be pretty good. Uh, at least Garoppolo should be pretty good to play. Um, they're hoping at least he could play. They have other players playing, um, which I will talk about later. Uh, but yeah, Garoppolo definitely a uh, thing to look out for for the 49ers. Uh, now another quarterback that's injured, Baker Mayfield, will be uh, off the off the field for the Browns, I guess, uh, over the off season for four to six months after he did get shoulder injury on that labrum, I believe, in his left shoulder. Um, and it does look like he's going to be out. So that does mean that he most likely will be able to uh, be back at full health by May to June. So kind of later in the off season. Uh, so I don't really know how big of a role that will play and how he plays next season. Um, now they're saying that he is going to be able to throw by uh, April. Um, so uh, he won't be at 100% by then. But by April he will be able to throw. So uh who knows what's going to happen, but I definitely see him coming back full health late in the, into the offseason, and I don't know how much of a role that'll play in him uh, possibly not playing as well, uh, you know, during the season next year. Uh, now another injury update for the playoffs. Uh, Trey Hendrickson, uh, the Bengals' A star defensive end uh, who got a concussion against the Raiders uh, has entered a concussion protocol and has cleared it so it does look like he is going to play against the Titans which is a really key piece in what the Bengals really need uh, because they're going up against a really good running back in Derrick Henry and they're definitely going to need their entire defensive line at full health and that's starting with Trey Hendrickson who's been a really big player on that defensive line so very good news for the Bengals ahead of this Titans game coming up soon. Uh, now another defensive lineman who uh, has been cleared to play is Nick Bosa for the 49ers. He's going to be able to play against the Packers, which is really good news for the 49ers. 
because they definitely need as much high defensive power as they can because the Packers are a really high-powered offense. Um, they're going to attack you when they can. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams. Uh, I'm not sure if Aaron Jones will be playing in this one, uh, but still A.J. Dillon, who's been a really good running back for them, uh, kind of stepping in for Aaron Jones, uh, who's a really hardcore running back. He's going to run through contact, so you're going to need your big players up there uh, in the hole and on the outside uh, to kind of neutralize the run game and Aaron Rodgers. So definitely big news uh, for the 49ers having Nick Bosa back. Now going into some games in the NBA, uh, the Suns beat the Mavericks, winning 109 to 101, moving their record up to a 35 and 9, making them first in the Western Division, and moving Dallas down to 26 and 20 record, making them fifth in the Western Division. Now looking at the stats here, uh, Devin Booker, who's had constantly been, uh, who's constantly been having good games, 28 points, five rebounds, six assists. Uh, Chris Paul with the double-double had 20 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 8 for 14 from shooting. Uh, sorry, uh, Jay Crowder, uh, 13 points, 3 rebounds, 4 from 9 from the field. Uh, McCall Bridges, 12, 8, and 6. And Cameron Payne, 12 points, 3 rebounds, and 4 for 10 from field. Now looking at the Mavericks. Kristaps Porzingis uh, had a double-double, 18, 11, and 1. Uh, Luka Doncic, 28, 8, and 8. Uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, who's been kind of on the come-up here for the Mavericks, 19, 5, and 1. Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, uh, is 11, 5, and 1. So, overall, pretty good performances by both teams. Um... Now looking at the Suns here, they shot 45% from field and shooting 92% from the free throw line. Uh, the Suns definitely had a lot more steals, 13 steals compared to the Mavericks, one steal. And the Suns were really letting everybody have the ball with 25 assists, so really big. I mean, uh, you know, the Suns limited the turnovers, only 7 turnovers compared to the Mavericks, 19 uh, and uh, Suns had 48 points in the paint. That's due to their really good centers. I think they have a lot of depth at center, which is good. Um, that kind of helps them with points in the paint. Uh, Suns had 20 fast break points and 31 points off turnovers, which is a pretty big one. Um, and they had their biggest lead of the game was eight, um, which wasn't the highest, which was the end of the game. Uh, Mavericks kind of led there throughout the game. Their biggest lead being 12, so uh, definitely a really good game by the Suns. Uh, they kind of just need to get going, I guess. Like when they when they're in the lead, they should probably keep extending the lead. Is probably my only issue with the Suns in this game. Uh, they really were kind of outscored until uh, after halftime. Uh, that's when they started kind of doing good. Um, and kind of neutralizing Dallas to only 19 points in the fourth quarter, which definitely helped them there uh, to win by eight. Now moving on to a big upset in the NBA, the Pacers, the undermanned Pacers beating the Warriors 121-217, to moving the Pacers up 
to a 17 and 29 record, making them 13th in the Eastern Division, and moving down the Warriors to a 33 and 13 record, making them second in the Western Division. Now this was a pretty big game. Uh, Holiday had the game winner or the game tire, I guess the game tying three, uh, to end the game off and to go into overtime, and then that's where the Pacers kind of did their thing there and uh, uh, were able to uh, let uh let uh you know let them win here um yeah justin holiday had a good game uh um with 16 5 and 3 uh now gogo uh bidaz Bid, i can't really say his name uh bit disease i can't really say his name but uh he had a good game even though he was ejected with uh after playing 31 minutes yeah, he went 13-9 for five and nine, uh, thirteen nine and five. Uh, Tory Craig uh, went twelve seven and one. Uh, Chris Duarte had a good game, twenty seven seven three. Uh, Stikes uh, a game, ten four and three. Jeremy Lamb fourteen two and two, and Isaiah Jackson uh, fifteen seven and one. And this is all without Miles Turner. Karis LeVert, DeMontis Sabonis, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, and TJ Warren. So basically most of their big name players were out in this game and uh, nobody really expected them to win. If I recall, yeah, Golden State was uh, favored 15, uh, 15 and a half. So definitely, uh, you know, not the best bet for a lot of those people that bet on the Warriors, even though it seemed like a pretty easy bet. Uh, Warriors didn't really have anybody missing. Uh, besides Draymond Green, who's been out for a little while, and Otto Porter, um, and uh, James Wiseman. So, uh, I mean, Warriors don't really have any big players out, probably, besides Draymond Green. But looking at the Warriors here, I mean, you had Steph Curry, obviously, going off 39-5-8. and eight. Uh, Kevon Looney, 13-15, making that double-double, and three assists, five for six from field. Um, Anthony Wiggins, or Andrew Wiggins, sorry, uh, um, 11, 4, and 2, Clay Thompson, 12, 2, and 1, but other than that, that's about it, um, the Warriors are really just couldn't get anything going, I guess, uh, the Pacers shot, uh, 43% from the three-point line, uh, they had, uh, I mean, uh, they had 12 steals, uh, they, uh, turned the ball over only 14 times compared to, uh, the Warriors, 21, um, uh, the Pacers were able to get 20 second chance points, uh, 20 points off of turnovers, uh, and they only committed 23 fouls compared to the Warriors 28, um, and both teams only had two technical fouls, so Pacers went in by four in overtime, big upset, uh, you know, for the Pacers, uh, and tough loss for the Warriors, even though, uh, later on in the episode, I'll, uh, talk about a game where they kind of came back and were able to win. Uh, now moving on to another game in uh, the NBA, the Lakers beating the Magic 116 to 105. Lakers moving on to a 23, 23 and 23 record, making them seventh in the Western Division, and Orlando moving down to an eight and 39 record, making them 15th in the Eastern Division. Now the Lakers. Now this is a pretty surprising uh, game because LeBron actually played center in this game and still got 29 points, 7 rebounds, and 5 assists and shot from uh, shot 12 for 23 from 
the field. Um, Westbrook coming off the bench now had a double double, 18, 11, and seven. Uh, and Malik Monk had a good game, 10, 4, and 2. Uh, Stanley Johnson, uh, 11, 5, and 2. And Carmelo Anthony had a game, 23 points, 3 rebounds, and 8 for 13 from field. Now looking at the Magic, uh, Mo Bamba, who's had, uh, I, I believe he got a triple-double or a double-double last game, uh, but the game before uh, the Lakers game. He's kind of making a resurgence so far, uh, 11 points, eight rebounds, three for seven from field, uh, Gary Harris, 13, four and two, uh, Jalen Suggs, two, 22, four and nine, Franz Wagner, uh, 15, three and three, uh, Chumo Kiki, 11, six and one, Wendell Carter, 19, five and one, so that's about it there, um, for the Magic, um, uh, now looking at these stats here, uh, the Lakers shot 49% from field, uh, they shot 43% from the three-point line, shot 83% from the free throw line, they had 45 rebounds, eight of those were offensive rebounds, uh, 23 assists tied that with the Magic, uh, they had 12 steals, uh, eight, uh, they did have 18 turnovers, which uh, isn't the best, uh, but compared to the Magic's 17, uh, Lakers had nine second chance points, 19 fast break points, 25 points off of turnovers, and their biggest lead was, uh, 17 points. So, uh, overall, the Lakers were able to get, uh, the job done here against the Magic, um, uh, late in the game, especially with LeBron playing center. Uh, so, uh, good game by LeBron and the Lakers, and, uh, we'll have to see what they do here later on in the season. Now, moving on to another game in the NBA, uh, the Hawks beating the Heat 110 to 108. Uh, Hawks advance into a 20 and 25 record, making them 12th in the Eastern Division, and the Heat moving uh, down to a 29 and 17 record, making them third in the Eastern Division. Uh, now, looking at the stats here, uh, John Collins 15, 7, and 2. Trey Young, 28-3-7. Janiel Hunter with a double-double, 13-10-3. And, and uh, Huerter had 21-2-4. So, overall, pretty good performance by the Hawks. Um, Bam Adebayo, 21-6-5. Jimmy Butler, 13-8-8. Uh, Duncan Robinson uh, had a game, 19-1-3. Uh, um, now... Uh, Gabe Vincent was fouled out after playing 37 minutes, had 14, 2, and 9. Uh, Max Struess had uh, 15, 2, and 4. Uh, Caleb Martin, uh, 11, 3, 11 points, 3 rebounds, and 5 for 10 from the field. So overall, a pretty decent game by both teams. Uh, now looking at the Hawks, the Hawks shot 56% from field, shooting 38 for 68. Uh, they shot 42% from the three-point line, and uh, they had 36 rebounds um, and one block. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, uh, just looking at the stats here. And their biggest lead of the game was 18, so they uh, the Heat were, were able to cut it down to a two-point game at the end there, but um, the Hawks kind of let up. Um, 
Now looking at the game or throughout the game, I mean, the Hawks were really outscoring the Heat until uh, the fourth quarter where the Heat uh, outscored them by 12 points. So uh, definitely I think the Hawks needed to uh, kind of work on that a little bit more, trying not to give up on that fatigue because it does seem like fatigue really hurt them here uh, throughout the game. So, um, yeah, definitely uh, a good performance by the Hawks overall. They did get the win, but there are some things still to work on for that young team. Moving on to another game in the NBA, the Grizzlies beat the Nuggets 122-118. to 118. The Grizzlies advancing to a 32-16 record, making them third in the Western Division, and the Nuggets moving down to a 23 and 21 record making them 6 in the western division now the i mean the Grizzlies had a good game despite Jokic's triple double um so uh but let's look at the Grizzlies stats here first uh looking at Zaire Williams 17 points 5 rebounds 6 for 8 from field Jaron Jackson 25 and 1 John Morant coming back uh 38 6 and 6 um D'Anthony Melton, 21-9-3, so overall pretty good game by the Grizzlies. Now looking at the Nuggets, Jokic obviously with the triple-double, 26-11-12. Aaron Gordon, 16-6-9. Uh, um, Monte Morris, 17 points, 1 rebound, 7 for 13 from field. Will Barton, 27-5-8. Uh, and Jeff Green, who was fouled out uh, after 31 minutes played, he went 15-7-1. and So overall, decent performance by both teams is what it looks like. Uh, but the Grizzlies were able to shoot just a lot better. 52% from field, 44% from the three-point line, 48 rebounds. 13 of those were offensive rebounds. Um, 11 steals, 10 blocks. Uh, 50, uh, 58 points in the paint, uh, 15 second chance points, fast, uh, 16 fast break points, uh, and their biggest lead was 14 points, so, uh, just overall, just a really good game by the Grizzlies, uh, you know, they were outscoring the Nuggets in the first quarter, then the Nuggets kind of came back in the second quarter, Grizzlies uh, outscored them in the third quarter, and then the Nuggets kind of outscored them there, uh, in the fourth quarter, but, uh, the Nuggets, or the, sorry, the Grizzlies were just were able to kind of, uh, you know, keep it kind of low, even though it was just a back and forth game throughout the game, but, uh, uh, the Grizzlies were able to get that, uh, to a four point win, uh, winning 122 to 118. Now moving on to another game in the NBA, we have the Nets going up against the Spurs. Now the Nets won 117 to 102. The Nets moving up to a 29 and 16 record, making them first in the Eastern Division, and the Spurs moving down to a 17 and 29 record, making them 13th in the Western Division. Now looking at the Nets, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, since it was a point game, he did play. Um, he played. Uh, he got 24, 3 and 4. James Harden with the triple double. 37, 10, and 11. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, 16, 7, and 2. Um, and Blake Griffin with 10, 5, and 2. So overall, decent game, especially with playing uh, with or playing without Kevin Durant with that MCL sprain um, and Joe Harris with a left ankle surgery. So uh, now looking at the Spurs here, uh, Podal had a double-double, 15, 11, and 1. Uh, Derek White, 17, 6, and 7. Uh, DeJounte Murray with a triple-double himself, 25, 12, and 10. 
uh, Keldon Johnson, a uh, good game. Uh, he shot 14-7-2. Um, that was about it for the Spurs. So some triple-double action in this game. Uh, but the Nets shooting 48% from field, 36% from the three-point line, 100% from the free-throw line, 53 rebounds, 24 assists, three steals, uh, seven, uh, I mean, they did turn the ball over uh, seven times. Uh, uh, the, uh, the Nets had 56 points in the paint, 20 second chance points, 18 fast break points, uh, and their biggest lead of the game was 17. So um, just overall, really good game by the Nets, especially James Harden, uh, who people have been questioning if he can really play, um, and he got a triple-double there. So I think he definitely can play. Uh, especially without Kevin Durant, um, maybe he does need a little bit of help since you know Kyrie Irving did also play in this game. But James Harden had a good game. Uh, Kyrie had a good game, especially without Kevin Durant. So a uh, great game overall by the Nets and Spurs. Just having some bad performances this season. Now moving on to a game in the Western Division, we have the Warriors beating the Rockets 105 to 103, and this one. Uh, came down to the wire. Curry uh, hit his fir- apparently his first career game winning buzzer beater. So I guess he just hasn't like he keeps making game winners, but they're like a second left on the clock. This one a buzzer beater, and he nailed it. Um, the game was tied 103 to 103 uh, with about like three seconds left. Curry shot a mid range step back and got it in. Um, the Warriors won. Uh, the Warriors moving up to a 33 and 13 record, making them second in the Western Division, and the Rockets moving down to a 14 and 33 record, making them 15th in the Western Division. Uh, now looking at the Warriors here, Otto Porter had a good game, 13, 7 and 1. Steph Curry had a double double, 22, 4 and 12. Jordan Poole, 23 and 3. Uh, uh, Andrew Wiggins, 17, 2 and 4. So that's about it. Uh, Jamal Green, Andre Iguodala, and Clay Thompson were uh, both out for this game. Uh, so you know, who knows? I mean, I feel bad for Clay Thompson. He gets another injury. His right Achilles tendon. So uh, uh, pretty bad. But looking at the Rockets here, Christian Wood had a double double: nineteen, fifteen, and four. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. seventeen, one and eight. Uh, Eric Gordon, 10-1-3. Uh, sorry. Um, Jashawn Tate, 10-3-1. K.J. Martin, 14-4-3. Uh, Garrison Matthews, 12, 12 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 for 6 from the field. Now looking at the percentages here, uh, the Warriors uh, shot uh, 48% from field, 33% from the 3-point line. Uh, yeah, 41 rebounds, uh, 25 assists, 9 blocks, uh, they, uh, they had 17 turnovers, so not the best performance there, turning over the ball, um, uh, Warriors had 16 fast break points, um, and that was about it, their biggest lead, the biggest lead of the game was 3, so the Rockets were kind of dominating in this game uh, until the second half where the Warriors kind of started heating up, outscoring the Rockets by 11 in the third quarter and outscoring them by 2 in the fourth quarter, so uh, overall just a really good game by the Warriors late uh, in the second half and the Rockets just really kind of get uh, got fatigued there in the second half.
and uh, some news regarding a possible trade in the NBA. Uh, now, following the bench benching of Russell Westbrook, uh, the Rockets have said that they're interested in him uh, for him to be back on the team. Now, they're, they want a John Wall uh, and Westbrook swap, and they also need a first-round pick. Uh, they will also want a first round pick to pair with uh, Westbrook there for the Rockets end. Uh, I mean, I say that's possible good trade. I mean, they're kind of both near the same age. John Wall's already expressed that he doesn't really want to be with the Rockets. Um, and I mean, I guess I'm really gonna keep John Wall on the bench as well if you're the Lakers. So you're not really gonna be changing much in your rotation. Uh, definitely, John Wall's a different different player than Westbrook. So. Uh, who knows if you're going to have him on the bench or if you're going to play him the same way. Uh, but overall, um, it's going to be interesting if this trade does go through. Um, I think it it's a possibility that I think it would. Like, uh, I wouldn't say that it's laughable, and I wouldn't say that it's a definite trade, but it's definitely a possible trade. Um, I don't know if the Lakers really want to give up Westbrook at this point. Uh, Westbrook, maybe, you know, uh, he's thinking about it because he most likely will be a starter starter for the Rockets if he does play um, and does seem like he really wants to be a starter. Uh, he said that he's given everything he can to the Lakers, everything he's done. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's done everything he's been asked to do. So he doesn't really understand why he's being benched. Uh, and, you know, him going to Houston, he could be a starter, uh, another beginning there in Houston. But I don't really know. It depends on if the Lakers really want to trade Westbrook. Uh, there is a possibility there. I'd, I'd say definitely keep Westbrook. Uh, you're not really going to get the same player that John Wall was with the Wizards. And uh, uh, I think just keeping Westbrook is probably the wiser decision. But I can definitely see this trade going through. I don't know if it's a definite. And I don't know if it's, you know, if it's even on the table for the Lakers. So, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, where this trade kind of goes, if it dissolves or if it keeps going, but, uh, very big news, uh, in throughout the NBA. Uh, now moving on to some, uh, NCAA football news. JT Daniels has entered the transfer portal, uh, after, uh, Stenson Bennett has said that he is definitely returning to Georgia to play next season. And uh, JT Daniels, uh, did play a little bit for Georgia. Uh, you know, they were kind of swapping him out with J, uh, with Stenson Bennett. Uh, and JT Daniels was playing, uh, up until the playoffs. And that's when they, uh, put Stenson Bennett in. Um, and it seems like he wants to be a starter on the team. So it is going to be interesting. Uh, there has been, uh, that one guy on TikTok that, has said that if you just look at where the player's girlfriend is at, uh, you'll be able to see where they could be transferring next. I haven't really done the research myself, so I don't really know. Uh, but big news comes for Georgia because that is a really big player, JT Daniels. Um, but Sensen Bennett uh, is, I think, a better player in my opinion. And the last topic of the episode and... Uh, you know, the last topic coming out of the NCAA football realm, uh, Justin Wilcox has signed an extension with Cal going up throughout 2027, and Cal's been doing decent, uh, I guess you could say. Obviously, you know, they're not really getting the publicity, so, uh, I mean, ever since, what, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers has played there, so, uh, definitely not, uh, not the, uh, not the highest, uh, of play, but um, uh, looking at here, I mean, they had a 5-7 and seven record 
uh, last season, um, and uh, I mean, I think they, I think they could do well. I mean, their coach looks good. I mean, it looks like they're really wanting to play. So uh, they're getting some commitments, and uh, I think this is a good decision by Cal. And that'll be all for today's episode. Thank you for listening all the way through if you're on a podcast platform. And thank you for watching all the way through if you're on YouTube. Have a great rest of your day. Enjoy the wild or the divisional round. And uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Bye.